Welcome to the Help My Unbelief podcast, the number one Christian podcast designed for the unbeliever. Well, hello, Zach. How are you doing today? Me estoy haciendo bien. ¿Cómo yes, estás I'm, I'm extremely excited today. Are you really? Why? Yes. Happy birthday to my wife. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to, to my wife. Do you want Happy to see a beautiful 54-year-old? There she is right hey, there. Hey, get her on camera. Get her on camera. Love it. There she is. Happy birthday, Narcia. There's a pole right in front of her face. Lean one way or the other, Narcia. <laughs> Hold on, Mark. There we go. Hey. Oh. I know that was a lot of noise for everybody. Yeah. yeah oh, yes. sound effects. Oh, when, dude, you didn't tell me we had sound effects. I forgot. We are screwed. We're, we're, we're messed up now. I think there's like a the top. The top two is our like the top two is our intro song. I think. Oh. You can just click it to turn it off too. Oh. So I can pan, so I can start in with the stinger, and then yeah. I can take it down. Welcome to the Help My Unbelief podcast. Yeah. The number one Christian podcast designed for the unbeliever. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And then I don't know what the other ones are. I think there's like a... Ooh, I like that one. That'd be for Halloween. Here, click that purple one again. No, the purple one up top. Top, top right. There, do turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that one right there. <laughs> yeah, crickets. You could do that a lot when Larry's talking. You could do that one a lot when Larry's talking. Yeah. Yeah. So you're gonna start with insults. <laughs> oh, hey, when you see me going, <laughs> <laughs> that's the one I'm gonna play when I see you thinking. <laughs> this is wrong. He, he doesn't oh, yeah. get that much power. <laughs> or you could, when Larry's talking and I'm over here like this. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Good. We handled ourselves very well. I was very proud of Larry last last week, especially because I could tell he was very, um, very uncomfortable with the subject matter. I wouldn't say uncomfortable, but he obviously didn't agree with it. So he did really good last week. Mm. We missed you. Oh well, thank you. We missed, missed you guys you. too. Yep. Oh, so we, uh, I wanted to get into a topic that we were talking about before the show. We wanted to talk about, cause I think it's really good, um, to discuss about, and we can get the audience's view on this. Um, you can drop it in the comments or, um, I'm sure this will be a clip too. You can drop it on a clip, uh, video. What happened? I don't know. What are you looking down here for? I don't know. You were what? intently staring here, which is not at me. He was yeah. thinking. It's not at the camera. Oh, I don't talk to the it camera. It wasn't over there. Uh, you know, I was I'm talking like, to the audience. I was like, what the heck is And they're, looking at? The, they're inanimate objects. Okay, so okay. But we were talking about this, okay? So it, uh, we're talking about forgiveness, right? Because as Christians, we all know, like when a situation arises, we read the Bible. I mean, there's some Bible verses that say, like, if you don't forgive... Then, then you're still in darkness. Yeah. Like there's some heavy, 
heavy, heavy well, Bible how about verses. the heaviest one? It says, if you do not forgive, then your Father in heaven will not forgive you. It's yeah. not a, a maybe or a soft little touch. That's a slap yeah. upside the head. And so as Christians, it's one of the biggest footholds that we can ha- hold on to is unforgiveness, right? Yeah. So as Christians, that's we all make sure that we're forgiving everyone in our life. It's one of the first things you do whenever do you, you convert to cre- Christianity. But, here you go. But do you? Oh, man. Now, I mean, there's a lot of difference. And I and I found this out. Um, I, I truthfully found this out the difficult way because I can't learn things the easy way. Same. Um, mm. There's a difference between forgiveness here and forgiveness here. And what the Bible talks about is forgiveness here. And that is full and complete forgiveness, just as Christ fully and completely forgave you. So there's a difference between forgiving with your mind and with your heart. Yeah. Okay, so my situation. I have a friend. I have a friend that wanted wanted me to ask this. Okay, for a friend. Um, This friend has an individual that from a previous relationship that he sees at church. And every morning he's been waking up with a sick, dark, I don't want to go and lay eyes on this person ever again, much less at church, but ever again, (laughs) I'm answering my own question here because my friend is already like feeling pressure in his brain and (laughs) his face is getting hot. So what I'm thinking is I said, we were talking beforehand where I was saying, well, I've forgiven this or my friend. I'll see. I've already already screwed it up. So I've forgiven this person. Um, but yet I don't want to be around them and I get, I get physical feelings. So that tells me that's unresolved anger. I'm experiencing unresolved anger because I'm getting angry again, just thinking about being around this person. So if I'm getting angry again, then that means that it's not forgiveness. It means I'm lying to myself. Let me ask a question here because ever since you've, ever since you've said this, ever since you've said this, it's got me thinking about this and it, and it bothers me because this is one of the things that bothered me about my walk with God, right? Is whenever someone's like, you got to let go of that lust brother to move on forward. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Cool. How? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You say, oh, I, got a, I got a verse. I got a verse for hold that. Hold on. Hold on, please. Mm-hmm. And it, oh, you got to You got to get rid of that unforgiveness. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, you obviously, I think in your heart, you want to forgive her, mm-hmm. but you can't control. You can't control that. That's the thing that's tough for me. Like, that's what I want to know. And, and I'm sure there is something, maybe it's in my youth or something to where I'm like, I'm like, well, just, if you would tell me how to do something, I would do that thing to do it or would we that's the question because we we talked about this before because maybe the way to get over it is by injecting yourself into the situation more Mm -hmm. but that feeling you get in your gut is preventing you from doing that because Mm -hmm. you just want to run from it out of sight out of mind type of thing right right so that's i i don't know i'm sitting here talking that i'm thinking this through in my head and i'm thinking out loud and maybe we do have the answer of how to um, forget, but not everybody's given that luxury. Well, that's very interesting. You talk about that. I, I, because of suffering with addiction, going into a 12 step program, um, I, I was one of those people that needed to be shown, you know, everybody'd say, give it to God. 
And I'd be like, whatever, man. He How? just keeps giving it back. He doesn't right. want that crap either. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Because oh, I, I needed a process. I didn't know how to live yeah. my faith. Yeah. I, 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 you know, it was always these magic words. Faith without works is dead. Give it to God. Let go. Let God. All these magic words. I was like, oh, yeah, that's all fantastic. But you need to show me practical ways of doing it. Because I don't know how to do it. And so I went through a process. It was step four through step nine. And it was a process of basically taking number one was in step four and talks about your, your, uh, resentments. Resentments are the number one offender. It drives more alcoholics and drug addicts back to drink and alcohol than any other thing there is. Well, what is resentment? Resentment is unforgiveness. That's a condemnation. Right. And yeah, you can't have, you can't have forgiveness and resentment in the same place. You can't. And so, you know, that's the thing that I was battling with is because I worked that process. I got, I got a lot because that, that situation was killing me. The situation that I could not get over. What did you do to forgive her? What did you, what did you do? Well, I went, I actually, boy, we're getting really personal here. (laughs) Uh, worked through a process of where I came to her and, uh, and, and apologized for giving her the ammunition that she used when she pulled the trigger. Uh-huh. And uh, because, you know, there's always two parts in these situations of people that have deeply hurt us. You know, if we look, if we can pull ourselves out of it and look at it objectively, we always did something to get the ball rolling. We don't, yeah. people aren't crazy. People aren't psychotic. A few are, but there's two people in this dance, right? Yeah. So I had to cop with that and do what, you know, and, and, and basically say, is there anything I can do to make up for that? And, and then do whatever it is that person says. I went through all that process. Um, my problem is that there was something done that I just can't seem to get over. It's taint. It's, it's, it's put a, like a color on my whole life. And, um, it's just like this open wound. Has she ever apologized to you or does she not feel like she did anything wrong? Uh, yeah. The apology has been made. Um, but it still doesn't erase it. No, it doesn't erase it. And that's the thing I have forgiven. She, she apologized too. I've, I apologized. We forgave each other, but it's like, there's this current, there's this, you know, people talk about water under the bridge. You know, it's like, it'll always be there. It'll never go away yeah water well, under the I, bridge is used to say that something that's done and over with but yeah. the water's still always there but you but the, we do not have the ability that god does right when we ask god to forgive us of our sins right right god takes those sins and throws them as far from the east as to the west right right not north to south because they would eventually connect he remembers our east to west it always goes and that's why he says that so that it never comes back he remembers he throws, our sins no yeah, more he throws them in the sea of forgetfulness right okay so he has the ability not to hold it against us because he has the ability not to remember right we do not have the ability in our own power mm-hmm. in our own power okay to forget right Yet, under the power of the Lord, we do. Right. So would you say would you say that Mark's in true forgiveness right now, or do you still think there's something he needs to do? I think he's 
because he also mentioned that it is a process that we have to go through. You're holding on to something. All right. And I, it's not benefiting you. All right. You're chained by it. She's not. All right. Right. All right. Okay. I walked it out. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. All right. But when we say give it to God, give you me. literally put it down at the foot of the cross and you tell the Lord, Lord, take this from me. I no longer can carry it. It is not for me. Okay, it is not for me. You did not design me to carry this. I'm giving it to you. Take it away from me and then become unchained. Because when you you have to when you set it at the end of the cross, at the foot of the cross, and you turn around and walk away from it, mm. you can't hold on to it. All right. You have to fully mean this in your heart. Right. And I have I have been able to do that as my wife was we were discussing this a little bit just as a smidge before. And my daughter said a couple of Thanksgivings ago, Dad, you need to come to my house for Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. No problem. She wanted me to bring the turkey and cook the turkey. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, because I can fry a turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, sound like a good deal. Mm-hmm. She goes, okay, but I'm going to tell you now. <laughs> that person is going to be there. I said, What? <laughs> She said, uh, and I had really just come to the Lord, okay? Right. I mean, like, all-in thing. Um, Dad, I'm going to invite Mom and, and Andy. That's mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's watched episode one knows that I've been through a few divorces. This was number one. Mm-hmm. This is the fa- the mother of my children, two of my daughters, okay? So there's been a lot in my past with this and a lot of resentment to the point that we couldn't even be in the same room unless it was a courtroom with a judge and attorneys telling us to shut up. Mm-hmm. We didn't, we didn't get around each other. We didn't send each other Christmas cards. We don't talk still. No, not, not <laughs> still. Okay. All right. Well, that kind of, yeah, I'm jumping. Not still. The thing is that, that she asked us and I said, Oh babe, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, she goes, I'm tired of having two different Thanksgivings. I want this done and you're a Christian now and you should be able to do that. Ooh, throw the Bible back at me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I think you're right. Darcy and I will pray about it. She waited until her mom was actually on the way (laughs) to the house to tell her, Larry's going to be Larry. Oh, to tell Larry her Darcy that. is oh, going to no. be here. So that, that that makes me believe that maybe she would be the more problem in that situation than, than yeah, you. Yeah. Well, Darcy, I, li- I mean, uh, my daughter actually saw that, has seen the change in Darcy and I. She has been part of the change in us. Nice. She knows that my heart is toward the Lord. She knows that Darcy's heart is toward the Lord. And so was it intense? Yes, mm-hmm. but we actually talked about some of our marriage stuff, right? At the table, right? With her husband there, right? He had never eaten fried turkey. The f- only fried turkey he ever ate was the one I cooked. Okay, am I supposed to be forgiving of him? Yes. Is there some really bad stuff in my past? Yes. Do I choose to remember it? No, man. I gave it to God, dude. And I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you when I learned how to give things to God about Darcia, I learned. 
that lesson. And I'm holding on to that lesson because I got to have that lesson. And when God takes it away from you, he takes those, that resentment from you. It's not, it's not for us, us to carry. I'm passionate about this. I'm sorry, but mm. we, we, we just had dinner with her on Saturday. Oh, her again? Yeah, she, we, we went and saw my grandson play football. We, yeah, were, we were able to go watch my grandson play football. We all went to eat afterward. They said, oh, by the way, get us an extra seat. Mom's coming. Nice, man. You know, I'm, I'm yeah, glad man, we, we sit there and talk, dude. I'm glad we had this conversation because you, Larry, personally have been a profound um, witness to me. When you talked about giving Darcia's alcohol, no, cigarette smoking is what it was, cigarette smoking, and you just said, "God, that, that's God's problem and you relinquished and let go, that's my problem, is that, that I, I, I want payment. I want payment. I'm never yeah. going to get payment. Yes, never- you, yes, you will. Hold on. Yes, you will. Because, brother, my payment's not here. Right, it's my in payments heaven. in there. That's right, mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm I'm I want the heavenly dollars. I don't want any any right. earthly dollars. Let me, I want well, to throw. That, I, that's that's one thing I feel like is that I'm putting myself. I know that this is wrong, and I've I've spent. It's been a multi year process. Things with that person have gotten much better. We're on a healing pattern. Yet there's that little black. That's because yeah, Satan does me. not want, and people can beat me up about this all the time I, i'm not giving satan credit but satan does know what holds you back right he knows that if he can, if he can get you completely one. stressed out what's the possibility of you coming across a bottle of alcohol and needing to have it again all right 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 or a stronghold you've that giving him a foothold. It's, yeah it's a stronghold yeah, yeah. It, it's something to trip you up exactly. i got a question though i got a question because i got I, i'm thinking about the listeners here on this topic because i know that there's some listeners here that's identifying with this and they're like, okay, well now I have, I believe now Mark has at least a roadmap of how to, um, to move forward and mm-hmm. working towards that mm-hmm. unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. Prayer, Maybe supplication not a roadmap, and but, submission. Okay. But here, I can't help but to think this because I know there's some listeners that, cause if you think about it, you could look at this, at least you do have that luxury where you could be around her Mm-hmm. If you wanted to enough to let that go, mm-hmm. if you wanted to. But what about for the listener that, for example, maybe live in a different state than the person they're still holding unforgiveness for, and they don't have that luxury of seeing them every day? What would you say to that person about trying to let let go of that? Forgiveness is for you. Okay? It's for you. It's not about my forgiveness to my ex-wife. It is about me forgiving. I don't have to go hang out with her. But if that case comes up, as in this one does, she actually lives with my daughter. So there have been a lot of opportunities. When she had her accident uh, two months ago, who was called to pray? I prayed for my ex-wife. Right. Did I mean it? Yes, I meant it. Yeah. Yes, I put her on the prayer list. Right. I don't want my daughter to have to suffer losing a mom. I don't have any resentment toward this lady, but I think, I think actually pastor Didi gave the best illustration of it today. Okay. I want you to stop and think about the lady that Jesus saved from being stoned for adultery. We talked about her, I think last week, didn't we? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Don't pick up the stone. All right. Don't pick up the stone that Jesus never picked up and threw at you. Mm. that's the condemnation that Satan uses, and he just pelts us with us. Mm. Have you ever been hit by a rock? 
Mm-hmm. Have you ever, yeah. where, where you got that little bully dude mm-hmm. throwing that rock at you? Okay, that's Satan. Mm-hmm. He's just throwing that rock at you to keep you, right? Angry, right. man. Angry. Yeah. And, off balance. And, and off I, the board. And I don't know if you have ever had a cut or a sore where you keep picking at the sore and you keep it sore, right? You keep... You keep picking at it, picking at it, picking at it. Right. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> not, not that you reminded but, me. But you never, you never let it heal because you keep picking at it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Well, Satan keeps picking at your sores. Because why? Because then they're back in your memory. Right. They're back in your memory. Yeah. All right? I finally forgot about the head knock I got two weeks ago mm-hmm. because it finally healed up and everything. Right? Right. But if he can keep the wound open. Ah. Yes. Then the infection can get in. Yes. Right. And what happens when the infection sets in? Yeah, then you get sick. The whole soul gets sick. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it... I think you're right. I'm telling you, you want to put alcohol on your cut? You want it to get healed? Give it to God. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. You have to truthfully give it to God, take your hands off of it, and not pick it back up. All oh, right. That that makes sense. And so many things in my life I've done that for. And I guess this is maybe one of the <laughs> there's a reason that I'm being moved to a different church that this situation is occurring at. I think God is trying to root out something in me, a problem with me and my heart that he needs to get out of me. He couldn't get you to grow while you were hiding. Exactly. So now he's put you right (laughs) there in front of it so it can be taken care of. It can be removed from your life so that he can use you further in the kingdom. Wow. He can't use you in the kingdom while you're holding on to the past. Right. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Our friend our, our friend that we talked about that comments on all our videos, his name is Becca, and it is a woman, by the way. I just wanted to update you on that. Oh, the, the one, the one yeah. who prayed for me? Yeah. Hey, hi, Becca. Thank yeah. you so very much. So did you feel like you got any answer to your... You kind of identified with me. Did you feel like you got any insight to that? to your situation i have a ton of pride man i have a ton of pride and it all almost all of my issues go back to that mm-hmm. like Identical. a ton not even a little bit like a ton but and see from the we were time talking, we started this show you couldn't see that and god yeah. has removed layer after layer and the scales this, on his this eyes girl named and now Becky, he can see uh, that in himself that, you weren't here last week but me and larry talked about this week that while I was on my way to the studio last week to shoot last week's episode, I read this girl named Becca's comments. Because I have so much pride, if you don't approach me properly on how you, um, how you uh, like uh, address an issue that I might be handling, well, your, your I'll, points come out. Yeah, yeah, I'll throw it in the trash if you don't right. approach me properly because I'm like, I'm not even going to listen. Well, she happened to comment about how I cut people off a lot, which I've done that my whole life. Um, anyway, I, I interrupt a lot and it's something I have to work on. It's something that drives me insane whenever I'm editing the show. Mm-hmm. Like me being here in person, just doing it is one thing, but then listening to myself, You're like, dude, shut up, repeating myself. So I'm like, you are the most <laughs> annoying person I've ever met. <laughs> and it's you <laughs> seriously. I'm listening to it and dry. I'm like, Oh, I'm almost, almost can't listen to this retard. You know? I mean, sorry. I don't want to say the R word, but she brought it up. She said, Hey, um, just want to let you know that, um, you cut Larry off a lot. And she goes, and I think it's because you're uncomfortable about what he's going to say next. Mm. But she was like, you have to, you've said many times that God has trusted you, uh, or trusted, uh, Larry 
to put him in this position. God's the one that put him in there. He has the same spirit of you, so you have to start letting go of that control of allowing him, uh, his spirit to lead him and what he's going to say. You just have to edit Larry for time. That's all you have to do. Yeah. Well, Every once in a while. That's rarely. why I say, like, I'm still good. If you start rambling, if you're like, yeah, well, I went to my grandma's <laughs> house and her house was yellow at one point, but then I but painted no, it pink. She, just to get to the point that she cooked a casserole her, of it. My grandfather would a, not like a pink house. She, she, has a, she has a point there. Yeah, you know? but she did. She did like, and I that I put down my phone. And I just started contemplating on the way here, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "I am a control freak," and I was like, and I became, I just became super overwhelmed. I still am because I have no idea how to change that. And then I heard God say, um, "Give it to me," okay. and I'm like, "How? How do I just give?" Like God, God all this wants simple us to. Quit He's trying God. to control Playing being God. a control freak. Yeah, right. I'm trying because I just like. Right. I'm the type of person if if you just tell me how to do it I'll do it like not these general <laughs> statements like give it to God I'm like okay I have a phone here right. and I can give it to you but like right. what are you talking about give it to God okay right. well actually that's a good example right. uh, that's a good example we keep it tethered to our arm when we give the problem to God we keep it tethered yeah. We don't actually ever give it to because we take it back. We'll sling it, but yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't and actually anybody, give it back anybody to that knows me when when Darcia was going through her alcoholism, they thought I was the rudest and meanest person in the world because they would come tell me, and I'd like, hey man, tell God it's a, it's his problem. Right, right, right. I, I couldn't touch it because I kept interfering. So I, I'm curious if if Eve had done this. We all wouldn't be sitting here today if Adam had done this when Eve no, came to No, because then Bill, Ted, John, Evan, and everybody else that came after them, we, they would have messed it yeah, up. Yeah, because our, my point is it, it's like we want his job, and we keep trying to grasp it and take it, control others, mm -hmm. control myself, control others, control my environment. We want God's job, but none of us are qualified to do it. We all remember Eve. That she's the one. That she's the one. We always blame the woman. Mm. It was Adam not standing up as the shepherd of oh, the Oh, Adam was even worse house. because then he lied to God yeah. and blamed Eve. But he, he couldn't even it, cop it, to his what own. What would happen? Okay, what would happen if Adam would have said, Eve, you know that's wrong. Let's go ask God, what am I supposed to do now? Because right. you weren't supposed to eat that. To become one, I bet she would have been forgiven and things would have been different. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. I but, don't know. I don't know if they were married. I don't know how that all worked. Before. I was thinking, too, the reason why I do this is because she, I've always been like, I still remember. That's why I always say you got to be careful what you say around kids. Mm. Because um, I was at one of my friend's house, and um, my friend had went over. He was really good at doing, like, stereo systems and stuff. And one of another person's dad paid him to put it in his son's car. Mm -hmm. And we, um, I just went over there just to hang out and help him. And then I found this blown fuse, um, in this truck and, um, I pulled it out. I said, here it is. Here's your problem. And the dad, like under his breath said, he said, Eagle eye. And then under his breath, he said, I bet that's the nicest thing anybody's ever said about you. And, um, that still hurts, man. Wow. To this day, it still hurts. And I remember stuff like that, like, I've always been like cut rate second mm -hmm. best. Um, I've always been mediocre. I've always been um, 
yeah. the lower end of the dude, like a loser. You know, I've always been the dude that um, people's parents didn't want hanging out with me mm. because um, I was I was a bad kid too. So at one point, so mm. at one point, I'd understand, but I always felt like I was less than everybody else, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I can see this podcast going somewhere great. Mm-hmm. I can see my business going somewhere great, mm-hmm. right? I can see it happening. And the reason why I'm holding on to that control of these things is because I want to be able to say that I had something to do with that. All right. Even if it's a lie, even if it's not the truth, because I want to be able to look at all those people that said those things and say, look, I'm not what you thought I was. Right. I showed you. Yeah, and it's not, that's definitely not, um, the world wants you to believe that that's okay for you to call back your old school teacher that never thought you was going to make it anything, to call back those old people that were like, hey. um, Really? Yeah, that's what the the world, they they want you to go back and and rub it in people's faces that you made it, right? Mm -hmm. But even to me, it couldn't be any more clear that it couldn't be any more clear that God's in control of my company and this ministry and wherever it goes, it will be all due to him. But a part of me still holds on to a little bit of that control. So I can say that I had something to do with it. And that's not good. I understand that, but that's, that's true. The truth I'm being vulnerable. And that's honest. a beautiful confession. And I think if we're all honest to one degree or another, that's the human condition. We yeah. battle that. Yeah. When, when we get to the point the in flesh. our in our spirit, when we get to the point in our spirit where we've turned everything to glorify God and not to glorify ourselves, God blesses us. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. God's already blessing me. Oh yeah. And I'm just sitting here with a one in the chamber, ready to take the credit for it. Yeah, but I mean, you four, know what I mean. Listen, like forty three weeks ago, you could have told me I'd just, be sitting here. Just forty three weeks, wild, huh? Just I didn't remember, think this was going to last a month, right? <laughs> just remember this, Zach. One thing that I learned, and I learned well from when I went from the job that I had to pitching tires out of the back of the semi, uh, basically prison work at forty six years old, is that God opposes the proud. Yeah, I know. And if we, and because there was a time where I was flying 33 different uh, states a year, all over the place, thought I was at the apex of my career, and uh, I got proud, and I was arrogant, and I thought it was all about me, and it was all taken away, all of it. Yeah, that's and, what happened uh, to me too. Yeah, he wants his people humble. He, yeah, we don't get to be baptized. We don't get to be claimed to be Christians, and and that be allowed to flower. So I've answered my own point. That's why I'm being put in this situation, and God's got some pride to strip off of me. But, yeah, but doesn't revel? Oh, 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 hold on, another, another, another. Uh, uh, Right, because God loves us too much. As Darcia said, God loves us too much to leave us where we are. I've got and, another, and how can we be useful to him? Got when, another needy. I know, that's what I was saying. Like God's trying to work this control out of me because that's the last thing he needs is the person that's in charge of this ministry to want to take credit of it. Right. And it revealed that to me that I was like, oh, I do. I really do. I want. And um, I remember something I said to Michaela. Um, when on her episode where she was talking about her boyfriend's face morphing into the demon or whatever. Mm, yeah. And yeah. I said, that dude 
that dude knows that that demon was in there and didn't want to do anything to get rid of him because he had made friends with it. Right. Ever since then, I've identified it, and this is going to be weird to say, but it's in somewhat true, but the stress and the control that I deal with in some weird and maybe even slightly subconscious way, I've made friends with that behavior, and I hang on to it because it's what I'm accustomed to. Right. And it may be subconscious, but it's what it is. It's mm. just I hang on to it because I know because that I would familiar. have Because it's familiar. Yeah. So I've made friends with that demon. Well, keep confessing it. You're yep. making enemies with it right now. I've, go. got an, I've got another Didi-ism. Uh, that's what I was searching for when you brought that up. It says, uh, you know, we have to remember that we only see a snapshot. Right. Okay? God sees the big picture. All right. All things... Romans eight twenty eight is God will work all things for the good mm-hmm. of those who love him. Right. So, if, yeah, okay. If, yeah. The ministry belongs to God, but the revelation belongs to his children. I love that. Yeah, that's good. All right. All right. Let's go ahead and transition to our guest. We're running a little late today. Um, today we have pagan Allen coming on. Um, as always, I have no idea his beliefs. Um, I know he's went through something. Him and his family's went through something. We're going to get all that story. Um, so let's just get to him. Pagan Allen. Hey, man, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Not bad at all. Your name's Allen, right? Yes. What's up, brother? Here's it's Zach. good to talk to you. Yes, sir. Right on. Well, how are you? I'm good, man. Welcome to the Help My Unbelief podcast. Um, so I, I don't know. Have you ever listened to any of the shows? Oh, did we lose you? No, I I'm still here. Okay. Um, have you ever listened to any of the shows? No, I haven't. Okay. So I'm just going to describe, uh, to you what this is. And then I'm going to go around the room and inter- introduce uh, everybody to you just to get started. Okay. So this is the help my unbelief podcast. We are, um, we're a Christian podcast. That's specifically designed for people that don't believe in the same thing as us. Um, it's not right. it's not a debate show. Um, we don't bring people on here to debate. We're basically here to get your get your story, essentially. Um, we're interested in hearing your story. Um, yeah, th- we're not interested in debating or, or going round and round or starting in fights or anything. Now, if we, I mean, it doesn't mean if we don't have issues that we maybe disagree on that we can't discuss them or something. It doesn't mean that. Um, but we're, we're here to, um, show love and show that, um, two people that believe in different things can come together and, um, and talk about it. Um, and then, um, other other than that, how the structure of the show goes, we pretty much just have an open conversation, um, for about the next hour, maybe, maybe 45 minutes. Um, and then, um, and then we'll go around the room and each of us will say something, um, a closing, um, closing statement. And then because you're get our guest, you'll get the final, uh, final statement. Okay. Okay. Um, let me go first. Uh, my executive producer, Mark, he's here today. Hey, how's it going? And then we've got my lovely wife, Angela. Hello. And then we've got the exuberant and ever so illustrious co-host larry bernard how are you doing alan good larry how are you very well very well and then i'm zach i'm the um i'm the super young um handsome 
Um, very bright Humble. clothing, um, all that stuff. I could actually run fast, too. I don't know if you wanted to know that. I um, wouldn't say effervescent, but it wouldn't be true. What does effervescent mean? <laughs> I don't even know. Okay. Sparkling, like champagne. <laughs> Mark used a big word he didn't know. Evervescent. Hold on. I got to read this because I got to see what Mark thinks of me. Hold on. Evervescent means of liquid, giving off bubbles, fuzzy. Buffly, like champagne. <laughs> like I said, I could say it, but it wouldn't be true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Good way to cover yourself on that one. But yeah, that's that's everybody in here. Um, so thank you for joining us, man. So you are a, um, you're a pagan, correct? Okay. Hey, your no, your no, audio no. just went real low. I'm sorry. Um, are you on a phone or what are you on? I am on a phone. No, yep. that's fine. That usually it's usually what works out best is people that are on phones. Um, so we've interviewed pagan witches. We've interviewed eclectic pagans. We've interviewed Norse pagans. Um, could you be more specific of like what kind of pagan you are? More on the the Viking pagan. Norse pagan, uh, been get, I've been dabbling in some witchcraft type things. Thanks to my wife. Okay. So it's just, I, I, I was born LDS and I used to have a very strong testimony of the church, but just seeing the world and seeing how it is and, you know, seeing some of the Christians that are for that supposedly say they're helping the people and then they don't, you know, the judgment that they have towards other people that don't believe what they believe really soured me on the whole religion. Yeah. Organized religion, I should say. Yeah. So what what turned you away from Christianity was the the Christians that were portraying um, or who were how they were acting. Yeah, just not living up to their so called beliefs. Fair enough. Just, so yeah. you you said you uh, we've actually interviewed a pagan before that was a former um, Mormon, right? That's Mormon. LDS is Mormonism, correct? Latter Day right. Saints. Latter Day Saints. Latter Day Saints is Mormonism, yeah. I think. Is it? Yes, yeah. Latter-day Saints or Mormons. Yeah. He was raised that way, right? Seventh-day Adventist. No. Oh, you were seven, close. Seventh-day Adventist. Is it close? Okay. Well, yeah. Do you follow Joseph Smith? <laughs> no, no. No, they, okay. They believe Joseph yeah, Smith was. So okay. Latter-day Saints is Mormonism, yeah. Okay. They, they had their own prophet, Ellen G. White. Oh, really? Seventh-day Adventist. That sounds familiar. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so but you said you had a testimony um, as a as a Mormon. What could you tell us what that was? Just I believed a lot of it. You know, the the Mormon Church believed in family as one the strongest core of belief. Mm. In my opinion, you know, it was all family based, where you respect your mom and dad, you love your brothers and sisters. You know, when you when you die and go to heaven, you'll be together. Their ideas of hell were you're not going to be able to see your loved ones anymore. And I love my family, except my sister. She's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We all have one, don't we? Man. Yeah, we all have one. Caught me off guard with that one, dude. Yeah, I did. Man. Uh, it's, you know, and 
for example, like my older brother and I were out, I grew up on a ranch in Montana and we were, he lost a pistol of his and we went out looking for it one day and you can, we can see all the tracks. He's ridden his four wheeler all over the place out here looking for it. And we just, we stopped to pray and he said a prayer and he happened to look down and he found his pistol mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right where we stopped to pray. Isn't that amazing? And it, it, it was, you know, uh, he'd been, he's been, he had been out there for a week or two looking for it. And then we just have, you know, we stopped to pray and he found it. Well, now you, you have the, um, you have those situations where at the time you think it attributed to the, essentially the Christian God, right? I don't know if everybody believes that the Mormon God is the same as the Christian God. I'm not sure. But um, now that you're kind of um, in paganism now, what do you attribute that to? What happened there? Blind-ass luck. Pardon my language. Yeah. So you you think it's just luck luck that happened? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I don't think it was anything more than he stopped in the right spot. That's why it's hard for me. The, the, I think the the issues of miracles that I see that I, I'm in a church in which I agree with you, man. There's a lot of Christians that really turn me off to Christianity. Absolutely. Um, that is true. A um, lot, of, lot of buttheads out there, essentially. I wanted yeah. to say something else there, but we're a clean show. So you get what I'm saying well, there. I, um, I do. So... Um, and, and I, so I'm, I'm in agreement with you. There's a lot of Christians that are misrepresenting the faith, but I do see miracles in the church that I'm in now. For example, the, the craziest one that was recently, the one that is blowing my mind is the one, the person that got healed of Parkinson's disease and like Parkinson's isn't something that you get healed from. They're diagnosed with it and then they did have Parkinson's and then now they don't. Just that in general, you know, yeah, you can say it's a coincidence and there's no way I could prove to you that 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 it's not right. But just sitting Uh here logically thinking about it and I'm like, why couldn't it be God just as much as it could be a coincidence? How why couldn't it? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, it does. I mean, it's it's just crazy stuff like that for me that that gets my wheels turning because I'm kind of like you too, man. I'm not we're not a we're not a we're not a lot different me and you. Like if 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 I based my faith on God based off how Christians acted, I would be an atheist. Yeah. I think I think I could actually agree with that. So, you know, but I base um I base my faith based off um, my own personal relationship with God. Yeah. So and I, you know, I don't have a problem with Christianity and all that. It's it's more the organized yeah. aspect of it. Fair. Oh, you the know? religion. Yeah. <laughs> so do I. Yeah, I identify, my friend. It's, it's, there's so much bad with it for all aspects, you know, but if, if, if you believe in, you know, we, the LDS, we believed in heavenly father, the son, Jesus Christ, the, the Holy ghost, 
you know, that's all fine and good. But when you start putting, uh, I don't know, it's just the organized part of it. So, so do you, um, how do I ask this? Well, you think about it a minute. So basically what you're trying to say is you, you really don't have a problem with God. You don't have a problem with Jesus. You don't have a problem with the Holy spirit, but you do have a problem with the hypocrites in the church. Exactly. I completely understand. Yeah, I, I can identify with what you're saying. You know, I remember uh, I remember going to church as, um, and, you know, God bless the Seventh-day Adventists. This was just my experience. But I remember, you know, <clears throat> Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, God, right? Um, yeah. Never read out of Romans the whole time I was, you know, I was raised in that church till 20 years old. Never even heard of Romans. <laughs> Did they believe in the teaching of Paul in well, general or just Romans? Well, it was, you just never heard Paul's teachings being preached because it was counterintuitive what they were preaching. They were, they were preaching still. Well, you know, one of the biggest hang ups is don't eat pork. You can't eat pork. Pork is an unclean meat. So right? They were teaching the law. Yeah. I remember sitting in Sambo's with my dad, old restaurant used to be on Classen. And and looking at his plate of bacon, my dad was an unbeliever. And my dad said, y- you want some bacon, boy? And I said, Mom says I'll go to hell if I eat that. And this was like eight years old. And my dad said, son of a blankety blank. And he ordered two orders of bacon. And I put that bacon in my mouth. And that's when I departed from Seventh-day Adventism right there. <laughs> I was like, there's no way... These, uh, I mean, at that point, I had the concept of what a sadist might be, because that bacon was so dadgum good, and and I was like, this doesn't make sense. And in my child mind, that drew, you know, it it didn't make sense to me. So I identify with with some of the things you're saying. You know, it's the tenants. It's some of the the things. You know, we take those three, and then we add a bunch of stuff. Yeah, but. Yeah, but, yeah, and because you're not doing what I'm doing, then I'm better than you. You're less than. Yeah, let me ask you this uh-huh. question, um, Alan. What God do you serve right now? Are you, are you an ominous? Do you believe in all gods, or who uh, who do you work with? I should say. Primarily, Odin, the All Father. Uh, I just did a ritual last month for the full moon. And that was to Freya and Frigg. Okay. Just to kind of help my family. And, you know, we, we've been having a rough go of it lately. But actually, for the past four years, since my my second daughter was born. And it's just, it, it's been tough, you know. And then just going through that tribulation and trials and, so, so let me ask, the, uh, I want to get into that a little bit. You, you asked me, um, you asked me to, um, plug a GoFundMe that you have up cause you had went through something. Can you tell the listeners what you're going through? Yeah. Our, my wife and I had a child born in 2019. Her name is Elsie. And I was at work and my mother-in-law was up there and she noticed something going wrong with her eyes. 
So they took her to the doctor and the doctor told us, hey, you, you need to get down to Salt Lake City right now to Primary Children's Hospital. So we went down there and we were in the hospital for about three days before we finally got any any real answer. And she was dog- diagnosed with cobblestone lysencephaly. So what is her that? brain didn't develop right, basically. Uh, the front part of her brain is smooth instead of cut the ridges, right? Okay. And so it's a, a developmental disease. Say that again. And cobblestone what now? Cobblestone lysencephaly. Goodness, man. I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, it's tough, dude. It's, but if you met her and she would, I, I'm, this is no joke. She would come up to you and want to hug you and just, you know, lo- like love on you, you know, basically. I need that. I feel like I need one of those you, hugs from her. <laughs> you will. She would absolutely love every single one of you. I love that, man. She'd go up, sit with you and talk to you. She can't talk. She, she, like I said, it's that developmental part of it, but you can, we kind of know what she's saying, what she wants. Yeah. Good. So, but, uh, so I, I want to say this to everybody that's listening, um, especially the, the Christians in here. I think we should show Alan what we're really like. And so I'll, I'll put the GoFundMe. Um, and the links to all this and um, whatever you can afford and whatever God, uh, whatever you feel God's leading you to um, do, um, then uh, do so. So um, links will be in everywhere that, that this is posted. So um, so how long have you been how long have you been in paganism? About paganism, probably about five years. Yeah, when my wife, wife and I got together. Have but you have you had anything I'm happen probably, like since you like you're doing rituals and stuff like that? Have you had anything happen from these rituals? Yeah, uh, we did want like I, when we got diagnosed and we were living in Montana at the time when we got our daughter's diagnosis and we decided to up and move to Utah, which is absolutely horrible we my wife and i did a ritual together to kind of strengthen our bond as a as a married couple and our relationship is amazing we were in tune with each other our our physical our mental attuning attunement is beyond belief you know, if she's hurting, I can tell. If I'm hurting, she can tell. You know, our emotions, we're, we're really keen on each other's emotions. If we're mad or sad, just everything like that. And that really blew my mind. You know, just the power that came from that. Gotcha. Um, okay, I have a question. Go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry, and I'm not trying to take you off track here. What what was a turning point for you, Alan? You you said you were late, raised Latter Day Saints. Um, 
was it a, a combination of many things? Was there a moment in time um, that you said, well, that doesn't make sense, doesn't work for me, or that made, that made you doubt um, the existence of the Holy Trinity and them being the only God? Or it's, I don't think it's that I doubt their existence, but it was just maybe it was my rebellious teenager stage, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. I just didn't understand. I didn't believe anymore. You know, it's just I how I saw what was going on and everywhere. And I just I couldn't couldn't understand why that would happen you know yeah do you um do you do you believe the christian god exists now i believe every god exists you know i believe in that our heavenly father and jesus christ exist i believe odin and the pagan gods exist i believe the irish gods exist you know indians the the tribes in africa i just i i believe they all have are are here okay so the i and maybe maybe you're right there i don't know i don't know the answer to that but like but what what i do is i read i read the bible and when i read jesus say he says that I am the way, the truth, and the life that no man comes to the Father except through me. Right? So salvation isn't offered to anybody except through Jesus Christ. That's what um and then he even he claimed to be God and everything else, um, in human form. What what do you make of that? I just think that's kinda selfish. I mean why would you just say, hey, you have to do it through me or you're out of luck? You because know? he's the one that created us? Well, our Heavenly Father did, yeah. Jesus Christ didn't create us. So why can't I go to Heavenly our Heavenly Father in my own way? Why, would I, why do I have to do it his way? Because he's the one that gave his life for you, for your sins. He's okay. the one. That, he's the one that came down here. That's what God sent him, his only son to us to sacrifice right. his life for us to make him the only the only way. That's kind of interesting, though. That I, we haven't had someone come on before that you believe you believe that the Creator Yahweh you believe in him. You just don't believe that Jesus is the only way, if I'm picking that up correctly. It's actually very interesting that you, you're looking at things that way. I guess my question would be, why, why wouldn't you want to go through Jesus? What, what makes you not want to go to Jesus? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just maybe it's that authority aspect of it. Yeah. Where, you know, it's just, like I said, it's, you can only get there through me. That's it. No other way. No matter if you're a good person, never done wrong, whatever. And if you don't come, if you don't believe in me, then you can't go to heaven. Yeah. And so, so you've got I, this. I, I mean, I'm that same way. 
I'm that same way where if somebody tells me to do something, I'm probably going to do the opposite of it in the beginning. You know what I mean? I, I'm that same exact way. And if you tell me that there's the, this is the only way to do stuff, I'm probably going to be exploring other options before I run headfirst into a brick wall. And you did. And figure out the hard until you, way. Until you came to the Lord. Yeah. You you did run your head into the brick wall. Yeah. Uh, first, I, I'm... Alan, may I, I mean, because I'm literally looking at the answer in the okay. Bible. Okay. May I read it? Yeah, please. First John 2, 1. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. There's your answer exactly right there. It's like having one door to the bathroom and you want to climb through a window. You see kind of what I mean? Yeah, I see what you mean, but I just, I don't, I don't believe it. Yeah. I mean, why, why can't I be a good person and believe in Heavenly Father and come to him? Why do I have to go through Jesus Christ? What think, is the whole issue? Because that's how God designed I it. Think, I think Hitler thought he was a good person. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but, I think, I think, every, I think the idea of a, of what is a good person is highly subjective. And, and what I'm, what I'm reading in the Bible is that nobody's a good person. And I know that sucks to say that. Like I probably hang out with, like I could probably hang out with you. sounds like I could hang out with you right now. And morally we probably line up enough to where our, I would have my family meet you. I would hang out with your family. We would go out to dinner together. And so, so, sociologically speaking in society, we could probably look at each other and be like, Hey man, Alan's a good guy. And then you can look at me and say, Zach's a pretty good guy. That's if we're holding it up to the standard of like even America. Right. But if you're holding it up to God's standard, nobody's a good person, not even one person. And I know that's hard to wrap your mind around. Cause you're going like, what are you talking about? I'm not a good person. Yeah, I am like, I'm a good guy. But really, no, we're not. Not to God's standards. Because by Hitler's standard, what he was doing was just fine. But we can all look at that and be horrified now that, that it's right. not. It's obviously not fine. And so that's why we need Jesus. Jesus didn't come down to stick it in your ear and be like, I'm the only way. Either do this or not. You know, Larry just read First John where it says it's like he's literally up there begging God and interceding for you. Um, and defending you. He's saying, do you not see Alan? He's trying, he's trying his hardest. Look at him. Look. And then now you see Zach, Zach believes in me. Look at him. He's fulfilling his, his deal. He's interceding for you. Um, he's up there with the father interceding for you. It's not, it's really not from a place of, um, negativity or control or anything. I, I, that's how I choose to look at it. Does that make sense? Yeah. But, you know, and then on that note, if, if, if Heavenly Father is saying, hey, you're, you'll never be good enough, that's basically what that is, in my opinion. I mean, 
you're never be you're never going to be good enough in God's eyes. But here's somebody that's interceding on your behalf. I don't know why. You know I, mean? I don't know why it's like that. Um, but like, unfortunately, I think I think we'll understand eventually of why like we could. It's I think we're even looking at it that wrong. That like, well, why do I have to have someone else? intercede for me why can't god just love me for who i am which i think he does it says in john three sixteen that for god so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall have eternal life right so right. i think the reason why god had to send jesus was because he loved you first does that make sense because you were good enough first but he can't just let sin slide because he's perfect. Does that make sense? He can't just let it slide because he's perfect. So he literally had to send a son. But the first action was that he loved you. Not that he sent his son. It was because he loved you. That was number one, right? So right. he loved you so much that he sent his son. So loving you is the first action. Make sense? So, I don't know. It's something to think about. Alan, how old are you? Yeah. 38. Okay. When same, you, when bro. You said, well, because you had to, yeah, you're the same age as Zach. Yeah. When you said you had a daughter, you just had a daughter, you know, in 2019, so I'll put you in the younger category. So, yeah, started late. Well, I'm, I'm 61, so you're still in the younger category. <laughs> I'm the youngest oh, yeah. person in this room, Alan. So we're, we're, yeah. um, we are, um, he's the baby. We are fist bumping over the air right now. Me and you, we're still young. <laughs> my, uh, my parents had me pretty late. Uh, go, they, they're members of the church still. My mom and dad are active, mm -hmm. but they had, uh, my, the first three of us, my brother, sister, and brother, and my mom got her tubes tied. And they had a blessing through the church that said, hey, you've got two more kids waiting for you. And uh, about eight years later, my sister, my older sister came, and then two years after, I did. Wait, whoa, 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 so, whoa, 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 I, whoa, whoa. I think I'm confused. <laughs> she had her tubes tied, and then she had y'all yep. two? Yeah, she got them undone. Oh, she, she got them undone. Right. She got wow. them tied after my brother Judd and I don't know how long after that but they got a, a blessing from the church and they they were told that he, we, she has two more kids waiting for her up in heaven and she got them, her tubes untied and then had my sister and I that's still that's still pretty rare to have kids after you get your tubes untied right like it's still like a pretty low chance of having kids know. Let's, hey, let's look Alan, that up. Alan, how old was your dad when you were born? I think he was around my age. 38. 36. Okay, you can come that late. You know how old my, 38. You know how old my dad was when I was born? Uh, 56. Oh, wow. Can you imagine? Yeah, Which how old are you now? I'm 56. <laughs> I cannot imagine. I I'm 61. I can't even think. No, he went out and got a vasectomy. Then, like the next day after he found out my mom was pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it says age plays an important role in whether you get pregnant after tubal reversal. Older women are much less like likely than younger women to have success. In general, pregnancy success rates from forty to eighty-five percent. 
whenever pregnancy does happen, it's usually within the first year. Okay. Hey, the next time you complain about me reading the Bible too long and how, you know. Was that uh, long? That, no, just. No, it so wasn't. So irrelevant. Alan, this, I, I did, I did want to say um, <laughs> it sounds like your parents truly live their faith. Yes. Yes, they, they, are, they do. What do they, they, what do they think about what you're doing right now? They don't like it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, but they still, they, you know, do they still love you? God. Yeah. Oh yeah. God's teaching is love. Yes. So, so they love you in spite of your, your obvious turning away from the church. Okay. Alan. Yeah. My mom did that too. Alan. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. I, that was spotty there. I remember when my, when I, said enough and i walked away um every time i was in the room with my mom she was trying to reel me back in is that your experience no no that's good they're giving you a little room to breathe then it's uh they're they're not understanding you know they don't believe what i do Mm. they think the lds church is the church, the one true church, whatever sure. I get that, yeah. you know, but yeah. If you did, just, they, if they you, don't talk to it. If they'll you, bring it up every now and again. If you did, cool. Alan, if you did end up going back to some form of Christianity, would you go back to LDS or would you go into more of a um, regular Christian denomination? Interesting. Uh-huh probably say I'd, I'd go back to Mormonism if I if I I was to go back right I believe you know I did believe their teachings I, I kind of still do tell you the truth it's just it's but it's more the family aspect from them that I believe in the most that yeah. family is the most important thing in this world. Oh, yeah. Nothing else, man. There's no doubt about Satan. The you know the, the family mimics the Godhead, I believe, and there's no there's nothing Satan wants more than to destroy the union and to break the family yep. apart. That's I I think that's a big part of what's going wrong with the world. Amen. Or yes, sorry, yeah. I say amen too much. So. <laughs> no, that's perfectly okay. So you love I knew what you I was love your you love your you, you sound like a family man you love your family very much that's good man that makes me happy um it really does so you call yourself a pagan family is everyone in your household a pagan obviously my two little daughters they don't know but my wife is uh are are we have have a, I have a daughter, well, my wife's uh, daughter before we got married, you know, she's been asking questions about the church, the LDS church, and our both of our families, her mom not so much, but she's LDS also. And, you know, we've never once said, hey, you cannot go to church if you want to. If you want to go, feel free. You know, we'll take you. You can go with your your grandma, and 
you know, just find your own way. How old is she? If you, 11. Okay. Oh, so you and your wife are both former LDS? I don't know if my wife was baptized. I think she was. That's just, but yeah. Wow. Very cool. Wow. Where'd you guys meet? Uh, we, I'm from a small town in Montana mm-hmm. and we met at the bar. <laughs> nice. Right. That's, that was kind of the, it was either that or, or at church. Yeah. Well, I, I actually, um, I have a friend from Utah. Um, it's, it's just a friend I met, um, online through this ministry and um, I actually heard, a, I, I didn't know that places like this in America, but she lives in Utah. And she said the closest Christian church from her is three and a half hours away. Mm-hmm. That Utah is a primarily LDS state. Yes. Yeah. Oh, That's wild. It's, it's, where the, it's where the Mormons settled when they were get, uh, after they were getting persecuted in Illinois, New York. They were getting really persecuted. I mean, Joseph Smith was tarred and feathered and imprisoned and killed because of his belief. And they set out, you know, from Missouri, I think. And they ended up in the Salt Lake Valley. And that's where they established, pretty much established the church was in Salt Lake City. I didn't know Joseph Smith was killed for his belief. Who killed Joseph Smith? Was it Christians? or Who was it? Christian, uh, but I don't know who it was. That's crazy. I, I, I didn't know. I, I don't really know a whole lot about Joseph Smith. I'll have to look into it. Um, but He didn't read Reader's Digest as a child, and it shows. I do have one question. Reader's Digest had Joseph Smith in it? <laughs> I have one question. So with with your with your background in Christianity, what brought you to be a pagan? Like why paganism? Like what made you go from Christianity to just like paganism? Why not just like not believing and trying to figure out things instead of like jumping right into a pagan, if that makes sense? Well, I, I did. I, I had that period of non belief and I just, I started reading some things on the, you know, the Norse history and reading stuff about their, their gods and everything. And I just, I, I felt a pull to it. You know, I, it's just like, you know, some of the stuff they're saying is pretty spot on, you know, their gods are fair. Their, their, their whole culture really is, really a fair society don't you think jesus is fair too i mean because you believe in him as well right you say that so i mean don't you think that he's fair as well as the other gods but i think but on my belief i feel like jesus is more fair than them i just think they're deceiving well how do you mean how how are they deceiving it just i just think that that's just the devil like me personally like the devil finds different ways to deceive. And I just feel like it's just a, it's just a foothold. Like that's just my belief. Um, I respect that. Hold on a second. So Joseph Smith was, um, he was, 
he was mobbed by like an angry mob of people. I don't think there was like an organization or anything else like that. So an angry mob of people attacked him and then he died later from his injuries of that mob. Wow. Right. I wasn't aware of that, frankly. Yeah. I think the only one that was aware of that in this room was Larry. So the Smith brothers were detained. Sorry, I'm going to read this. I'll give you an exact what happened. So this happened in June 27th of 1844. Um, the Smith brothers were detained at Carthage Jail awaiting trial when an um, when an armed mob of 150 to 200 men stormed the, the building while he was in jail. Their faces painted black with wet gunpowder. Hiram was killed almost immediately when he was shot in the face, shouting as he fell, I am a dead man. After emptying his pistol towards the attackers, Joseph Smith tried to escape from his second-story second window but was shot several times and fell to the ground where he was shot again by the mob. Five men were indicting for the killings but were acquitted at a jury trial. At the time of his death, Smith was also running for president of the United States, making him the first U.S. presidential candidate to be assassinated. Wow. Hmm. Smith's death marked a turning point for the Latter-day Saint movement, and since then, Latter-day Saints have generally viewed him and his brother as religious martyrs who were murdered in cold blood. So this is basically saying that without this like death of Joseph Smith, maybe LDS wouldn't have been as widespread as it was. Like he was more of a martyr to spur off his viewpoints and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of is true. I mean, it seems like people get famous more after they die, you know. But I don't know. I don't know his teacher. I'm not trying to knock on the LDS, but. All right. First off, that was before Lincoln's, to, to give you a time frame. Okay. That was before yep. Lincoln. Secondly, we were still quite a Christian state uh, or country at that time. Still his, blood of his, the Puritans. His was views, ra- from what my understanding is, his views raised him up as Christ. No. And that was what created all the problem at that time was going against the religion of of that time frame. I've always heard that Mormons have a belief that I and maybe you can answer this a little better, Alan, but I've always ha- I've always heard that Mormons believe that you could become God you're gonna be a God eventually. No, that's not at all. You'll have your own kingdom in heaven, but you will not be a God. There's only one. Okay. That's our heavenly father. Mm. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I I guess I had heard that before that, or maybe that was, um, maybe I'm mixing that up with uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Do I have something on my face? It's okay. Most people listen to this, so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was bugging me. Okay. Good deal. Um, but yeah, so that that's a, some interesting history of Joseph Smith. He was the first U.S. presidential candidate to be assassinated. Hmm. That's the one thing I have problems with Christians back then. They seemed like they had such little faith, like with, with the killing of all the witches, like the Salem witch trials, and and then killing people that didn't view with them. I'm I'm like, man, like where was your faith at, bro? It wasn't just in the United States that they sought out and killed witches. That was more in English. In yeah, European thought. They did do it that started. here, but it was a, a very minimum. It started over there. started more over there, yeah. yeah. But that's the way I kind of look at that stuff. Is like, I don't think we should be murdering people that don't believe in the same thing. That's no, crazy, I, dude. I agree. So I, I don't think that that's the way that we need to do that. 
Yeah. I'm not here to cast stones on anybody and I'm not here to burn anybody at the at the stake. Yeah. It's not my Love place. everybody. You couldn't lift anybody up on a stake, Larry. <laughs> you couldn't do it. Is he calling me? Look, I'm an old man. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. He's like, you can't bother me about the old jokes. You didn't know how angry I could get in my 30s. (laughs) If it's anything like me, probably. Yeah. You can ask Darcy a few things. I still rage. Later. I I had rage. Rage, Did you really? Rage was a friend. Oh, okay. Maybe maybe I need to talk to you in private more often about my deal. <laughs> you know they have those rage rooms. Have you seen those where you can? They literally set you up a room, and there's like all this stuff you could break break, break with yeah. the well, I'll tell you about. what, that would be a whole lot less expensive than how I did it. Right. <laughs> you <laughs> broke your own stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, that's why I learned to kind of help, you know, sort of control it, is because I kept breaking my own crap. Yeah. So, Alan, I'm I'm curious about your um about your wife. You said you. Uh, I, I heard you earlier. You said thanks to your wife that you've kind of learned more of the ritual stuff. So I'm assuming that she's a little more experienced in this area. Um, is she, is she practice witchcraft more often than you? Yes, she oh. has. A, yeah, she has her own space for it, and you know, whenever she needs to be alone, certain certain times she'll she'll go and do her thing. I'll watch the kids and yeah. But. Yeah. Hey, so was, was, has it always been that way? Has she always practiced witchcraft or is that something she did while she got, uh, like while y'all got together? What, like after y'all had gotten together? No, she had been doing it for a while before, you know, and she had felt that call. She did her due diligence on, finding what worked for her and that worked for her, you know, the, uh, the rituals, the tarot cards, all that kind of thing. She believes in firmly. So what do you think would happen if you went to her today and you said, honey, I think I'm going to follow Jesus. What do you think she would say? She'd accept it think so she'd give me grief oh yeah you think she'd give you hell about it <laughs> oh yeah 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 you know, but that's the thing we uh, you know we're in love it, it doesn't matter if we're you know if i'm christian and she's pagan or she's christian and i'm pagan you know the love that we have for each other and the bond that we created through our trials have just made us stronger. Yeah. And she, you know, she's my person. She's the one I want to go through anything with right by my side. I can respect that, man. You sound like a family, man. I think that's a very good quality to have. In fact, that, that usually how someone treats their family and how much they care about their family is like a big dictator for me to like, whether I even want to like hang out with them or not. So, you know, like that's a pretty, pretty good, um, ideal because someone treats their family with respect and, and they treat their family good and they put their family first, then it's usually good indicator of, um, how they are as a man, you know? Yep. I hope so. 
So you know, I'm not. I I'm, I'm not, I don't think I'm a good man, but I do my best. Yeah, that's so. all. That's all we do. That we we all do our best. You know of what we think our idea of best is, but we we all fall short. You know what I mean? We all fall short. That's why we do. That's why, in my opinion, that's why we need Jesus. We need him. You know what I mean? It's not that. I'm not looking at it as a way of like saying like, hey, bro, why do I have to do these stupid rules you made up? I don't look at it that way anymore. I look at it like I need you and thank you. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying. We all fall short. We we all fall short. Um, I think you're a good guy for what um, for what our normal views of what a good guy is. You could probably say that. So wouldn't be. What do you do for a living? Right now, I was working for a heat treatment company. We go into refineries and help welders and that kind of thing. But I just took a new position with a uh, metal heating or metal coating company out of Richmond, Virginia. Like roof coatings? No. No, we go into like. uh, like it's zinc thermal and stuff. coating. Sorry, thermal coating. I was thinking maybe like zinc or uh, black oxide, no. that kind of stuff like that. No, so we'll go into like tanks and boilers and stuff like that, and then spray a uh, like a, a metal coating on the on the vessel, and that just helps with the, like erosion and corrosion, that kind of thing. Just so you- add some life to the to the unit. Well, that tells me that you are not claustrophobic. No. And not afraid of I hard work. <laughs> and yeah. you said uh, at the no. beginning when you said I'm uh, welding in an oil refinery, I was like, how do you get away with that? <laughs> welding in well, an oil refinery. Oh, there's it, a man. lot of welding in oil yeah. refineries. Sheesh. Yeah. Yeah, we don't want to do that. Um, okay. That's, that's big business. Yeah. So let me, if you had a message for Christians right now, what would it be? that I, I respect you guys. I, I mean, don't show hate, you know, don't just, uh, don't blindly follow the, the misconceptions that you have of different people and different religion. Just try and love, love each other. Don't judge. Okay. And accept I, people. I got it. I love it, man. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and do our rounds. We're at 126. We're going to go ahead and do our rounds. That way we don't run um, run too late. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get to Mark over here first. Thanks, Alan. I identify with some of the things you're saying. <laughs> I remember having a time in my life when it all seemed quite ludicrous to me um, and unfair. And I thought... Lord, forgive me now, but I thought God was an arrogant, judgmental. I put myself above God. And, you know, I, it's, it's my life. He gave me free will. And, you know, I use some of that logic out there to say, you know, you know, what kind of God would grant, put these things on the earth and then tell me, no, 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 don't touch, don't smell, don't taste. (laughs) And so, you know, I had to go out there and, and, uh, and just experiment around. And, uh, I tried living a life, you know, 
I think it's interesting that you went from a Christian God to another set of gods. So, I mean, you, I think that you're feeling the same thing that I discovered is that inside of us, this is my belief, each one of us is genetically encoded to have a relationship with God. And some of us, you know, my belief is you might be sidetracked. I know your belief is you're, you're flowing right where you need to be. And only God can tell you, um, that and and the results will tell you that you know for me i i was just miserable um and and going along on my own power i couldn't i i didn't turn to other gods i turned to you know things that made me feel good to plug in that whole relationships things drugs alcohol to try to fit in that god-sized hole in my heart and none of them none of them fit and uh you know i just I had so much blockage between me and God, but it was my judgmentality of him. And for me, it took a loss of control, loss of almost everything in my life for me to finally capitulate and say, hey, you know what? I can't do this. You can. Maybe I'm going to give you a chance to to show me how to live life different. And uh, so, you know, I mean, that that's my experience. And uh, I love you, brother, man. I, I, I like the fact that, that uh, you know, you, you still got an inkling in your heart that, you know, hey, maybe, you know, that's the path too. And, uh, you know, my belief that is God is bigger than all of us. And um, if, if that is the path and you are searching, um, you'll be led to the right way. Um. And, uh, so my, uh, my prayers are with you and, uh, thanks for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Larry. Yeah, I appreciate hearing from you. Yeah. <clears throat> Alan, I, I give you thanks for coming on and, and speaking. Um, I have another verse for you that kind of goes back with what we were saying earlier. Um, it is first John three and I'm Whoa. sorry. Pardon me. Ooh, I that I one caught me off guard the there. Button. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> sorry about that, man. Um, let's just go with First uh, John three eight. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason this part is is actually highlighted in my Bible, and I I don't know why. So I put it down here that I was supposed to read this. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Mm. See, we we often think, you know, I, I, I went your way too. I was raised in the Pentecostal church, and I never once doubted that God existed, and I don't see any doubt that God exists in your life either. Um, what I do see is, you've chosen to put other gods out there where I've chosen to serve myself. I didn't so much make myself a a God that I, that I uh, created a church, but what I did do was make myself a God in my own world where I only served me. I didn't serve the God who created me. When I came back, uh, the classic prodigal son story, it's kind of amazing to me 
that God actually can forgive me for all the stuff that I did do. And so I stand in his forgiveness, and I know that I have Jesus standing before the Father because I deserve all the punishment in the world. And uh, not with just what I did, but what what I, I, I cursed God. You know, I can go down to the list of uh, uh, the Ten Commandments and say I broke every one of them and probably with a smile on my face. But God is a forgiving God because he can forgive because of what Jesus done on the cross. Before Christ, you had to follow the law that God had put before you. And that's all the rules and regulations and, the, you know, all the religion rules and stuff like that. We still had to follow after that, but at the same time, we are forgiven by grace, and the only reason that we get grace is because of the blood of Christ. So for me, it's that one way, and I can understand that because he paid the price to be the one way. And I'm, I'm not trying to beat you up, but I will ask you, since you are familiar with the Bible, um, I believe it's in First Samuel, might be in First Kings. Go read about Solomon. King Solomon. Yep. Okay. And his relationships. Um, I think you'll find some solace there, to be honest with you. And I just want to say thank you for coming. And I, I, I love you, man. Okay. My turn. We're talking to you. All right. My turn. So I want to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be completely open and honest with you. Um, on what I have to say. So a couple weeks ago, I had that question and it really bothered me. I, I had it, it really bothered me that I came to this realization that Jesus literally had to come down and fight this battle because I wasn't good enough that God would never see me. God would never see me. He would always see Jesus. And why couldn't he just see me? Because that can't be love, right? If God doesn't see you, who you are, that can't. He just loves Jesus and that's it. And whenever you ask that question, I got an answer immediately. We believe in something called the Holy Spirit. And I'm always, you may be familiar with the concept, but. He is. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know. Some people believe that the Holy Spirit isn't guiding them constantly and stuff like that. So that's why I'm explaining that well, our ma- beliefs are. the Trinity. That's why I'm, okay. I'm going with the understanding. So we believe that we have the Holy Spirit in us and that it's guiding us daily and it literally speaks to us every day. And so what I believe happened earlier when I gave you that response was God not only answering your question, but he answered mine at the same time because I had that same question and I got it answered. And so I want to close with the answer to both of our question was that the reason why God sent his son down here was because he loved you. And that was the first action. The first action was his love for you. So because because God can't allow sin to continue, he had to send his son. He had to send his son if you want if he wanted to see you in heaven. That was his only option. But his first, his first sight was love for you. That's even before he sent Jesus down. That was his first thing, was his love for you. For God so loved the world, which is Alan, which is Zach, which is Mark, which is Darcia, 
which is Larry, for God so loved Mark that he sent his only begotten son. For God so loved Alan that he sent his only begotten son. What comes first in that sentence? For God so loved Alan. Not that he sent his son. So I just wanted to share that with you that I'm going to go home a little encouraged today because I got the answer to my question and thank you God for that. But um, the floor is yours, Alan. I just, I really want to thank all of you guys for having me on, you know, and letting us share our mutual experiences. It has been an eye opener. Uh, Don't think I'll change just yet, but you have, you all had some really good points and yeah, just thank you for letting me come on. No problem, man. Glad to have you. We and when I say, uh, whenever I say I love you, I mean it. Yeah, same. All right, brother. Um, I'm going to post um, all those links um, uh, again uh, to hopefully get some help to your family, and then um, I'll talk to you again soon. Okay. All right, brother. We'll holler at you later. Kind of lost him at the end there, didn't we? Yeah, I kind of had some dingle outs there. Well, yeah. what do you think? Well, I'm going to read a quick verse. Okay. Because this is what got impressed on me earlier, and then I I kind of got caught up in the Johns. Um, but I know I'm supposed to read this. Okay. And it's Matthew 25, 10. Now, this is, after, this is part of the parable of the ten virgins. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. You know, that's something that we need to all get in our spirit. If we live focused on God, focused on Christ, focused on the fact that he's coming back, not arguing with each other, yeah. we love each other as we go, we try to get people to be ready, that's understandable, but we have to have ourselves prepared at all times. Yeah. Not... You know, like like at all times, dude. It, this, this, we're in the end times. And Satan is turning everybody away that he can possibly turn away with everything that he can possibly turn away, whether it be unforgiveness, whether it be resentment, whether it be pride, whether it be haughtiness, mm-hmm. l- lust of the eye or the flesh. Mm-hmm. I mean, so much. And I... It is really, really, really easy. It's easy to live with my eye on, on God. It's easy for me to to blow up in the flesh and then turn around and go, oh, man, I'm sorry, Lord. Mm-hmm. I don't wait until later mm-hmm. to repent. I, I, I repent right then because the Holy Spirit, like you said, is a friend. And the Holy Spirit slaps me upside the head just like I want to do to you sometimes. Yeah pop right you're not thinking right dude yeah you know and and the holy spirit does that and a lot of times he actually uses my wife to physically hit me 
<laughs> to get my attention to say, Larry, that was so stupid. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't be that way. It brings up a funny story. I used to, my first chief of police ever, whenever I was a, a cop, um, when he would get mad at me, you know, those yardsticks that had the four square corners and they had like the rope on the end of it. I swear that guy would chase me through the police department and I would hear it whooping over my head. Woof, 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 but he could never catch me. <laughs> he would have hit me too. If he, would, he was crazy, man. That was kind of like when law enforcement was still kind of old school. Like now I don't think he'd maybe get away from that. But yeah, he used to do that. You so you're not the only one that's wanted to slap me before. So, <laughs> but you know that's that's with any of us. And to be honest, I want to slap you, me too uh, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's that's with me. I mean, there are times that that I'm by myself when the Holy Spirit points out the stupidity of my actions, and that I need to repent and realign myself with Christ. It's 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 for each and every one of us. It doesn't matter whether I'm a Christian or not. I sin every day. Yeah. I wake up in the morning, I'm sinning. I go to bed at night, I'm sinning. Yeah. But if I stay repentant and open to the Holy Spirit, where he can guide me to be repentant, then I stay with my your wick, 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 your trimmed, wick trimmed, wick trimmed mm -hmm. and full of the oil. You say it's, it's easy to follow God. Yeah, I wanted to make that. I wanted to make a point on that. It is. It's it's much easier for me. I went the path of Larry, the prodigal child, went out there like all of us did, really. I'm not there yet. Yeah, but please that's don't what I'm call it like, the path of Larry. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm I if I were to be honest, if I were to be honest and completely transparent, it's not easy for me to follow God still. Oh, it's much easy. This this life is much easier for me than the life I lived out there not following God. That life was exhausting, full of pain and futility and anger and resentment and took tremendous amounts of energy to, to uphold. And I thought I was having fun until the fun, it wasn't fun anymore. And yeah. then it was just stunk. I still got a lot of pruning for well, me. But yeah. And there I went through a, 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 many year process of what you're talking about, Zach, as I, as some of those character falls had to fall off to me, yeah. of me when I gave my life back to God. I think it's also important to see that now, like, it's much better. I can see it being hard to follow God though. But then I also, when you say that, when you say it's easy to follow God, I don't look at that as you being haughty. I just Googled that word. I don't look at it. I'm I, telling you, you need to read or digest, <laughs> you know, I enhance, it. Look, enhance your vocabulary. I had, it, part, I had it pulled up. Look, oh my I had it locked and loaded for this. Uh, <laughs> but I don't look at it you being haughty, haughty. I just look at it sharing your experience that it probably wasn't always easy for you to look, follow no, God. Uh, but now it is. I may have made that sound simple, but it's not. It, the closer that my relationship is with God, the easier it is to take the rebuke right. when he corrects me. Well, it's like what you said I on the know, Bible. you got to yeah, live each I, day. I know that he corrects me because he loves me. Right. And right? The, and the continual. The corrections are slight. It's like yeah. a sailboat. They're, yeah. they're just small turns on the wheel. It's not like the corrections I used to have, yes. which were rains, right? Big yanks. You know, you're trying to turn you a, a 180. Now I'm at least going the right direction. So it's just a slight corrections. Right. And as long as I stay tuned, then it's not a big, big issue. When mm -hmm. I get 
caught up in my flesh and I get angry, driving is still my problem. I know I'm on the phone with them a lot, and I'm like, Larry, go on, dude, but chill, I don't, bro. But I don't no, literally, I don't. Curse. I do the same thing. Hey, I don't tailgate, I don't curse, and I don't yell and scream. Well, just, okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, two yeah, out of three ain't bad. Uh, yeah, but I mean, not like I used to. My wife's right there. She can tell you I'm not like I was. I mean, oh, oh my goodness. You you cut me off when I was on the motorcycle. That's what those whipback cords are for. Mm-hmm. Put a dent in your car. I, I never did that. I don't know why. I didn't have one on there for a reason because I knew I'd use it. You know, but I would let you know that you're an idiot. All right. And then as a truck driver, I mean, I, I rode, I drove the two things that people ignore motorcycles and trucks. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. My and, uncle crashed a motorcycle into a truck and passed away. Just FYI. Man, I wouldn't want to be the driver on that. The truck? No. So, I, what, yeah, no. Of course. Well, what happened? Either way. Well, yeah. <laughs> what happened, though, it wasn't the truck driver's fault. I don't think. I don't think. Well, so um, the truck driver was like backing in, he was backing into like a, um, a place to like off offload or whatever and he was out in the street but i think he had his lights on my uncle just didn't see it and whacked right in the side so i don't think it was a truck driver's fault wow that'd be hard it'd be hard and to to understand somebody running into me while i'm backing up with all my because you got your hazards yeah. on you got all the lights blinking backing up and you didn't see me backing yeah. across the road that's why i don't but get at the a, same time i've lived it yeah, that's why I'm scared to get a motorcycle because my uncle. You don't need a motorcycle. I literally have memories of him. I literally have memories of him when I was like three years old of him, him being. He's in like a motorcycle club, like, and he died on a motorcycle. I'm like, well, if he died on a motorcycle, literally anyone can, you know, because he was like. Anyone can. He was like very, very, like that's all he rode was bikes. I could I could give you, you guys keep testimony. You trash about motorcycles. You just keep on. No, I love no, it. No, no, no. I know. I'm kidding. Hey, I'm experienced. I know. I'm kidding. Hey, right? before we get off here, I want to discuss that. <laughs> I want to discuss that guest a little bit. Like, I think, I think Alan is in. I think he still had his heart quite a bit open for a guy. Yeah. Do you guys get that feeling too? That's why I told you to read Solomon. I got that feeling. Yeah. And read about Solomon because his wife, his, really great his wives, turned him away from God. God told him not to marry into, uh, not to take wives. That's why I was thinking his wife if was going to be a If big, his wife was, I mean, I got it written down. She was into that long which, time yeah, before. Yeah. She's led him into that. My my thing is, if he's if he believes in God, Jesus, and, and the Holy Spirit, so in his mind, he already knows that God created all of this. Odin doesn't even say he created. Yeah. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, it's like. I know it's hard to wrap your head around, but that's just. Why Why do people follow man-made gods? I think more for his situation, it was more like the way, the what Christians are standing for and stuff. He just didn't like it. But, you know, you throw some you throw some truth at him, and he's like, you know, I mean, like, it could be his personal relationship for him. But like he said, if he did, his wife would roast him, you know, so. Yeah, but they said, no. But anyway, anyway. Um, we are told to be the shepherds of our house. We are told to love our wife like Christ loved the church. Christ loves me. 
enough that he died for me, one, but he gives me correction. Mm-hmm. He guides me when I was a wanderer. He leads me to him. I have one destination, bro. One destination. And he's standing there with his arms wide open. I don't see anything else out there doing that. Hmm. Nothing out there. You know? I got you. I think we should end on that. Jesus loves you and so do I. Okay. Thank you everyone for watching and listening. We are out. Thank you for watching or listening all the way to the end. To be a guest on the show or to get a hold of us, please contact us at info at helpmyunbelief.org. And more importantly, make sure to check out new episodes every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Central.